Everyone's got opinions when it comes to leadership. And let's be honest, how many experts do we all know? But where can we find real leadership advice that's not BS? Well, look no further. Welcome to No BS Leadership, where on each episode, we attempt to expose the gap between what leaders think they should be doing and what actually works. Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want. All right. Welcome back to another episode of No More Leadership BS. I am Jeff Conroy with Conroy Leadership Consulting, where we help companies do the little things that make a big difference. And today, I really want to talk about what it's like to be a leader or what it's like to be an employee at a remote office. There's a lot of myths around that. The myths that surround that are something like remote teams are a lot more productive than people that are in the office, or it's difficult to build a strong culture within your company when you've got remote offices because they're not in the main hub, or as I call it, the head shed. Communication is more difficult with remote offices. Those are some of the myths. Me personally, I have been on both sides of it. I have led teams that were in remote offices, and I have been in remote offices. So I have my own opinion. But what I want to do is I want to turn it over to the cast of characters that we have today, the No More Leadership BS crew, the people, the experts. And I'm going to ask, let's start with Dr. Sam. Sam, coming from an educational background, what are some of the challenges, myths, and realities of working in an educational institution that has satellite offices and how do you get the same message across? Sir. Some of the uh, challenges are we as humans tend to have connections when we're in proximity. So when you have folks who are away from the central hub, they might feel disconnected and the people in the central area. So like those people out there are doing something completely different than what we're doing. So there's a misalignment of parent misalignment of values and drive and goals and that kind of thing. Sure. The reality is I perceive it is if you take a hot minute and ask a question of the people in the remote or satellite space, they are working their tails off like anybody else to serve the people who are supposed to serve like anybody else. And they've got some of the same struggles everybody else has. So the approach I always took first in my role, I never dealt with the fun stuff, right? So it was always yucky, goopy, yuck. This is before Zoom was super popular. There was a few folks who were doing the video conferencing, but not many. I felt like it was more important for me to show up on site when there was a rough situation. So I'd drive across the entire giant state just to go have a meeting because it was the right thing to do. Now, that's not possible if your team is part in Singapore, part in Ireland, and part in the States. But the idea being, dedicate yourself to making that connection. Whatever it looks like for you in a way that makes sense, do it. If it is having a crazy all-hours meeting to connect with somebody in a different part of the world, occasionally. Yeah. If you have to travel yourself someplace else to have that connection, but, um, but more important than maybe that all that is to ensure that the teams who are not in the central space understand that you value them. Not that they feel valued, but they are valued and make sure that it's crystal clear that you couldn't do that part of the work point without them. 100% agree. And I think there's, there we're, when we say the word remote, we're thinking of two different things. One, there are those companies that have remote offices in a region. There's the head there's the head shed in one major city and then there's smaller offices. Then COVID introduced us to Zoom. If there's one stock I wish I would have bought during the pandemic, <laughs> it's stock in Zoom. Is that you have now people working from home that are within a company. So I agree with that. Myra, what's your experience dealing with a remote team 
I know you come from a real estate background and realtors are independent contractors. So they're essentially remote, but you guys are under the umbrella of a broker. Um, but you've got, that's also very unique. You've got independent con, you got independent contractors under the umbrella of a broker who really doesn't have a whole lot of influence on how you do your job. Oh, my. Yeah. Honestly, it's like herding cats. Do you want to know the truth? (laughs) Because you are, you're working more with volunteers than you are with, um, you're not working with employees. And that's very clear from the start. So it's a different approach, but I want to go back, back a career into when I did property management and I was a regional manager over 25 different properties in five states. Yeah. So that not only were my people, my managers remote, my direct supervisors were remote. So I was the typical, I got it from both sides. Sure. And um one thing that if I missed being at one of these properties in a month, then I started noticing withdrawal. Yeah. They would quit volunteering information. They'd, if it got to the point where I didn't get there for two months, they'd quit interacting, except in, in short bursts. And then when I get up there, I'd find things that I didn't like particularly. Sure. So right off the bat, I made it a priority to be there once a month and call them once a week. Yeah. Just to check in with them. Not how business is going, not how many people have you rented to this week? How many apartments have you turned? Although that has to be a conversation at some point, but how are you doing and how are you holding up under whatever stresses? Cause there's always stresses in property management and how are you doing? Because when I connected with them on a personal level, then they felt like I cared about them. And when I cared about them, then they cared about their job. That is, was always my philosophy. I unfortunately did not get that from above. And I was only there four years. And it was like, it didn't matter how hard I worked. I was one of the few regionals that never had a turnover, never had a manager leave that I didn't have to fire. And yet I had to fight for any recognition I got. Not that's the only reason you're there, because I was proud of what I did. But I'm telling you, when they, you think they're doing good, because you don't hear from them. Mm. And that is when you better reach out. I know, especially in middle managers, you are, you're constantly bombarded with problems from the top and from the bottom. Constantly, you're putting out fires. But I'm telling you, your people connection is going to be what, what makes you memorable, what builds your team. And it's going to be the mark that you leave in the world, quite frankly. I agree. I totally agree. Like I said in the beginning, I've had my own experience, and we'll talk about that later, of not only overseeing remote offices, but I was in a remote office. And I've always found that having shared values and believing in the mission and the vision, no matter where you are with that company, helps unify. I think of Disney, the cast of characters, the rides. At Disneyland are the same as the rides at Disney World, that are the rides in Disney Paris, that are the rides in Shanghai, that are rides in Japan, because it's the shared values. It's the shared mission statement. Mr. McLaughlin. Yes. My brother. Yes, yes. My, my, my brother. What are your thoughts on remote operating in a remote setting and the belief in the mission, the vision, the values? It's very interesting. I've done a lot of work with a lot of different organizations that all the work that I did previous to COVID was in person. 
there would be, and I traveled all over the country and worked with lots of different organizations. And obviously with COVID that shut things down and the realm that I was in, they, people, when they went to that remote work environment, always asked, can we play remotely? Can we do things remotely? I said, yes, you can, and it can be effective. But if you're going to build things remotely, you have to be exceedingly intentional with what you want to accomplish out of it and how you're going to spend your time. And it, it is more difficult because again, just the proximity, if we're on a Zoom meeting and somebody has to use the restroom, guess what? They're not in the conversation anymore. Much like they're not in the conversation when you, when you're in a conference sure. and you're in the restroom, but sometimes those conversations do carry to the restroom in the hallways in the conference is oftentimes the most meaningful discussions that you will have. And so the power of being in person and around people is that you can more quickly develop those relationships and you can develop those. What are, are we on board with the mission, vision and values? And if you had those things previous to going into COVID and people were already tight knit, it was easy to continue. If you didn't have that environment already set up, it was far more challenging because sure. now you had to, how do I develop trust? How do I develop? How do I do these things when I can't be in the room? And am I just watching to see if you're exactly. you moving your mouse? I literally had a friend who sat there. She would finish her work in four hours, but she had to be at her computer for eight hours a day. So she would just sit there and every five minutes or so she would wiggle the mouse. Yeah. And I thought, how horrible is that? And so as you look at like, those remote teams and building them and keeping them going and engaging them, you do have to show them value. You have to like the fact that they think they're valued is excellent, but the fact that they truly are valued as a part of the team that contributes on a regular basis is vitally important because they are the reason that the job works. They're the reason that the job happens and they are a part of it. So they have to know that. Like Myra was saying, she would call and check in and it wasn't a, Hey, what's going on in business? It was a, how are you doing? What's going on in your world? How are the kids? How's the, how's the wife or the husband? What's the relationship? Know, those, that relationship, the personal things, those things are easier to develop around the water cooler and in the office setting, just because of proximity. Dr. Sam said physical proximity in education is a thing. If I was working with a group of students and some kids are misbehaving, all I have to do is walk over by them and physically by being proximally close to them, all of a sudden their behavior changes. As human beings, if we can hack those things where we go, Relationship matters. Value matters. How do we do that, whether in person or virtually? Sure. Th those things create, they create a positive work environment if you do them intentionally. Sure. So when COVID went down, I asked a major mentor in my life. I said, so now I've got clients that have that employees working from home. And I'm going to say it's probably 50-50. 50% of the employers with their employees working from home were cool with it. And actually, in the end, they found out that they were way more productive working at home than they were working in the office. And now they have the option of working 20 hours in the office, 20 hours at home. But there was that other 50% that was flipping out. In my past, I had a boss that felt that if you were out in the field, you're out screwing around. But my job needed me to be out in the field. And that was the mentality of I, there's that trust issue. So I asked like the major mentor in my life, I said, how can I help them with this? And his response was, it's a hell of a time to want to start building trust with your employees with a, during a major pandemic. You should already have that trust in place. You should already have that, those relationships in place before that. And some of those businesses didn't do very well because of the lack of trust. Employees left. They didn't feel trusted. They were felt like they were being micromanaged, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, that's in, that's in concept. 
Mr. Geyer, my brother. Everything good? Everything's great. Okay, this, good. This is, I love this topic because it hits at the core of all of this. It doesn't matter if you're responsible for leading people. It doesn't matter where they're located. You have to connect with them. Ah, yes. There you go. The connection. So what's your experience in this? I know you come from a medical background and banking background. I believe banking background. Yes. Uh, where do you have satellite? We call yeah, satellite clinics in a healthcare delivery space and branches, they call them in banks, which I think is funny because if money doesn't grow on trees, why do banks have branches? <laughs> I don't, I've never understood that. I also never understood where why most bank branches always have little suckers on the teller window for their clients and the suckers <laughs> are always dum-dums. Yeah. So I, ne I never understood why you would want <laughs> clients to be referred to as dum-dums. But anyway, the, uh, you're right. It wasn't, I don't think, mostly until the pandemic that we really started thinking about this whole concept of remote employees. But we've had remote employees forever and multinational companies and nationwide companies and stuff that they got offices all over the place. So my experience is, whether it was in the banking with the branches or in the clinics with or in the healthcare space with the clinics is that when I took over the leadership of those companies, I would show up in these, what we now call remote locations. And the employees would go, oh, geez, Jeff's here. I wonder what's wrong. And first I was like, oh, why? I just want to make connections with people. I want to talk to people. I want to see how things are going, all that stuff. There's nothing wrong. I just wanted to be there. And it, it takes time and multiple consistent attempt, not attempts, but multiple consistent showing up at the place. If you're the leader, um, you have to show up on a consistent basis so that the employees understand you're there to help them, not there to punish them. And so if you're the leader and you walk into the room, the remote clinic, or you get on a Zoom call every once in a while, and when people see you, they go, oh, geez, why is he here? What's wrong? You have a lot of work to do. And the work you have to do is to make connections with your people because you're not connected with them. They don't trust you because you're, they don't know what your motives are and that kind of stuff. Yes, we need connection, I think, more than we believe we do most of the time. Yeah. And if you're the leader, you need to connect with your people. And today, we're much more comfortable doing that by Zoom. And yep. as McLaughlin was saying earlier, there's there's certain protocols maybe that we need to learn that are a little different than if we're face to face. But I'm one of those guys that I think it, as much as you can, you need to do it face to face and do it at so often that people are used to you being there. Correct. Mr. Yeah. McLaughlin, do you have a question? No, it was interesting as you were bringing those things up. I, my sister-in-law works for a big organization and they have remote locations. And unfortunately her job, she's the compliance officer. So when she shows up, it's because she's got to go fix something. Yeah. And it's not like a she, and they've got offices, they've got organization, their stuff is all over the world. So when she shows up, which is, she goes, I have to go about every six months because I know they're doing stuff wrong because there's just no way to do everything correct. There's just so many different little running pieces that she has to go in and look at it and go, okay, this is wrong. Fix this. Here's the numbers. Do it now. Go. Yeah. And then, and I was like, and she seems to like the work. But she also, it seems like she has a lot of stress because every time she shows up, they go, oh no, she's here. And that's like a miserable place to be yeah. when yes. you are the person that, that you've got Grim to tell them you're doing things wrong. Yeah. Like Grim Reaper. Right. And it's not like she goes in and fires anybody. She just goes in and says, you guys got to fix these things. Let's yeah. go. How do we, yeah. how do, we, and why does it go back to the way it was before? I don't know if that's because things change. I'm not familiar enough with her job. 
I just know that she is the compliance person. And when she shows up, things have to change. (laughs) That's a great point, Geoff. One of my unwritten goals was that when I would go to the remote clinics or the branches, that when I left, that the people were excited that I was there and looking forward to the next time that I came back. I didn't want any of that dread that, oh man, what's he going to do the next time he shows up kind of thing. So yeah, great point, man. Yeah, you don't want the doors to open up and you hear, um, yeah, exactly. So I always wanted the doors to open up. And when I walked into a room, I wanted to hear like, dun, 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 People just cower in fear. That just seems like he's got the signal to wind this down. So if you are an emerging leader or a leader in the position where you are working with remote offices, oh, let me tell you my own experience. I've been on both sides of it. When I was overseeing remote offices, I really felt it was important to MBWA, managed by walking around. So I always had a weekly meeting with those that were with me in the office. And then I would spend the rest of the week visiting the satellite offices, taking hands and kissing babies type stuff, and just checking in, building relationships with them. Being in a remote office, remote offices are usually in smaller communities or in a smaller area. So you are a team unto yourself. And I've been there where they'll sit there and the team members will We'll make snide comments about the people in the head shed or, hey, they get all the cool stuff because they're bigger and better and they get all that stuff. And it was my responsibility to work with my team and make them the best that they could be. We all knew what the job was. My job was just to create morale and to create team and I've been successful at it. So I feel good about my job. So that's my own personal experience. So if you are a leader out there in the world and or somebody who just wants to be a leader or trying to better themselves to be a better person in the world. And you're dealing with the belief that having a remote team, they're not as engaged or they're not as motivated or the communication's really hard or it's difficult to establish a team. Those are all just myths. And things you got to remember is your belief in mission, vision, and values is vital. You guys, when you hire people and bring people onto your team, there has to be that, that that emergence of like values and the belief in the mission and the vision. You've got to celebrate the successes. If you're in a small office, celebrate the successes. That's how you build team. You're recognizing those people that are around you. Build, Make team builders, team building exercises, make team building events. I used to put out a jar of candy and say, how many pieces, how many candy kisses are in here for Valentine's Day? Or how many Christmas ornaments are in here? Just something. And they get some type of a giga or doodad. That's right. I said giga. I said doodad. That's a Boy Scout thing. And then really foster open communication. Every day I would always walk around. No matter what office I was in, I would always stand in their doorway, have standing meeting. How are you doing? If you've enjoyed this episode, if you feel the need to talk to someone, contact us at askus at leadershipbs.co. I'll say that again. Contact us at askus at leadershipbs.co. If you have questions, if you're looking for a coach, we can help you with that. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, please give us a five-star review. We would love to hear your comments. If you have any other ideas for a podcast, if you have questions, maybe it's a whole new episode. Maybe we'll even bring it on. You never know. We're just looking for feedback. And we're looking to, like I said, change leaders, change lives, and make people better. On behalf of Dr. Sam of 360 Clarity Leadership, of Myra Hall from Seeking Significance, with Jeff Geyer of Phoenix Coaching and the Jeff McLaughlin of Professionals at Play. I'm Jeff Conroy from Conroy Leadership Consulting. And thank you for taking the time to listen to us. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.